Hello and welcome, citizens of Dark Rose City. You have arrived at episode 38 of Dark Rose Comics Podcast. Sorry if I'm yelling into the speaker or the microphone. Stop right. yelling. We're out of your speaker. I'm one of your hosts, Jerry E, and I'm joined by my co-host. Stop hurting our listeners. Uh, Victor. <laughs> <laughs> if you are new to this show, this is a podcast where two nitty guys brew themselves a nice hot cup of coffee. And then we sit down to break down, analyze, and discuss some of the new comic books coming to the local comic shop. The coffee we'll be brewing today is a mystery coffee. So I don't have a name for mystery. it. Mystery. A mystery coffee. coffee. And it's roasted by Elysian Sherlock Coffee Holmes. Roasters. Oh. <laughs> All right. I, I mean, I guess so. <laughs> and the comics we'll be discussing today are Heroes in Crisis 3, Aquaman 42, Aquaman Justice League Drowned Earth Number 1, not to be confused with Justice League Aquaman Drowned Earth Number 1. This is Aquaman first. It's a very easy mistake to make. Very easy mistake. Truthfully, if you go into a shop, you probably the not only, know which one to pick up. But you know, the only difference really is the, the cover. cover. Yeah. And if you don't know what those look like, well, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't follow the event, really, you don't know which picture takes first. Who knows? I mean, well, truthfully, if you're not following the event, it doesn't matter because you're not picking <laughs> either of those up. But yeah, you're right. You're right. And our last book. <laughs> that we'll be talking about this week is Stranger Things number three. If you like the show, please hit that subscribe button on the podcast service provider of your choice. We can be found on podcast services all around the world. So alongside we're hitting that subscribe button, let us know how we're doing by hitting up iTunes, leave us a review and a rating. Make sure to tell everybody about this podcast. Now, before we get into our comics, how, how have you been, Victor? I'm excited this week, Jerry. From what? A lot of trailers releasing... What kind of trailer? For Dragon Ball Super Broly movie. Okay. Super Saiyan Blue Gogeta. Okay. Is, okay. Uh, officially visually confirmed to okay. be in the movie. So that's was really... he just was he just like verbally confirmed before? Pretty much. Oh, okay. right. <laughs> pretty much. He was just like, yeah, he's yeah, he's in there. <laughs> but now he's in the trailer, so it's so he has to be in. He's there. pretty. Yeah, if he's if, if he's if he's not in the movie, <laughs> that would be the biggest marketing tease of all time. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm I'm really excited. Uh, I believe the movie releases and. I want to say all of North America in January, but it could very well January, just yeah. be U.S. No, it's got to come to Canada. I hope it does. I hope they show us some love. I hope I hope it does, but I, I can neither confirm nor deny that. So um, uh, it's just speculation. I know U.S. for sure it's coming out in January. Yeah. Uh, I can't say for Canada. So I will see. We'll have to see. But, you, you, uh, <laughs> you but know it, what will be an even worse tease in in movie tease history? Dragon Ball Super Broly movie. No Broly. No Broly. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the biggest <laughs> That would be the biggest tease. <laughs> what about you, Jay? How you been this week? Well, this week has been a lot more Destiny. Um, so if you played the game, if you played Destiny 2, Season 5 just started. Season 5 in The Crucible and all that other good jazz. Um, so yeah, I've just been grinding away, just, you know, playing Crucible, just, uh, slowly racking up kills. I will join you eventually. And, uh, slowly getting killed. And, I will, uh, I will join you eventually. Wow. I'm just not as, you uh, you don't even, I'm not as a consistent of a player as no, you are. We don't talk anymore. 
we're talking right now. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking right now. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I've been playing it. I've been, um, yeah, I've been playing it pretty much every night. Um, but aside from like you know doing doing things here and there, like getting what I need to do done, you know, and also like reading my comics, you know, yeah, getting my topics ready. But aside from all that stuff, you know, I've been trying to just get get games and on Destiny every day. There's something to do. So and also because I picked up Forsaken. So that's right. Congratulations. It's a, a lot of cool things to do. I will get it eventually. Yeah. Like maybe when Boxing Day rolls around or something, or maybe when Destiny Three comes out. I highly doubt that it's coming out anytime soon. But all right, you know, to each their own. <laughs> all right, so before I completely derail this into a Destiny podcast again, let's uh, <laughs> let's uh, go ahead, go let's go brew that coffee. We'll come back. We'll talk about some comics. Let's do it. And we're at the comic segment. What we do in this segment is we take some of the newest books to hit the local comic shop. And we break them down, we dissect them, we talk about some of its themes, and we discuss it amongst each other. And we hope you enjoy our conversations about these books. So, before we get into our books, though, Victor here is going to talk to us about the coffee that we'll be having throughout this segment. The coffee we're having this week. Wow. Is a mystery coffee. What is happening? Roasted by... Elysian Coffee Roasters out in Vancouver, British Columbia, our fellow Canadians to the West. Wow. What is what is going on? Now back to you, Jerry. The amount of sensuality. <laughs> hey, listen, man, we, we gotta switch it up sometimes. You know, some yeah, sometimes we Especially gotta turn on the the um sensual voice. <laughs> it's a mystery coffee it's like I'm trying to do it and my voice still sounds identical. it still sounds, it sounds the same, same. <laughs> that's rough buddy that's rough <laughs> it's like I'm just trying to <laughs> um, sorry your voice completely threw me off where's the coffee from it's, it's a mystery right we, it's a mystery coffee so there's we there's no region uh, given to us there's oh, no there's no okay. flavor notes given to us no reason at all all okay. we know is who roasted it and uh where the roasters are from <laughs> all right which they okay. always give us information anyway right so yeah 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 yeah, for sure okay cool well we'll see by the end of it maybe we can try to guess what region is from. yeah exactly yeah <clears throat> it's actually pretty good coffee i, it's I really solid. like it's really it it's solid i like it yeah it's very nice pour myself a second cup even before it's we started the segment <laughs> it's my goodness. <laughs> He's like, hey, Victor, you want to talk to us about that coffee? Wait. Gluck, gluck, gluck. Continue. <laughs> chug that first cup. <laughs> All right. So the first book we're going to be talking about today is Heroes in Crisis number three. Now, before we start talking about any of the books, we do want to say spoiler warning. Due to the way we talk about some of these books on the show, and in order for us to really dive into the plot and dive into the meaning behind some of the stuff that's happening in the plot... We do have to give away spoilers. We'll we'll warn you ahead of time if it's a major spoiler that's about to happen. We'll just give you a, you know a quick spoiler warning. But do be warned, there will be spoilers in the show. So if you have not already read these books, go hit up your local comic shop, pick them up off the stands, buy them, go home, open the bag, take them out, read them, and then close it back up, put it back in the bag, tape it back up, put it on your shelf, and then come and listen to us. And then uh, join our discussion. You make it seem like a very arduous process. 
Okay, let me simplify. All right, if you have not read these books, go to your shop, buy the book, read them, put it down, d- d- listen to us. Sure. Yeah, well, <laughs> uh, we'll stick with that process instead. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so without further ado, Heroes in Crisis number three is written by Tom King with art by Clayman and Lee Weeks, colors by Tomomori, and letters by Clayton Cowles. This was a really emotional issue. Yes. It made me really sad. Yes. Especially when it came to uh, Wally. Yes. I think uh, those few moments when he, when it simulates the reality that he wants, mm-hmm. I felt, I felt really bad because it just this issue goes to show that no matter and we we can all relate to this in real life no matter how much power no matter how much money you have these feelings of loneliness and sadness and maybe even depression to a certain extent they still exist yes um and it this really takes that level of vulnerability for heroes to another level Mm -hmm. and um that made it really sad like at certain points i i I really did choke up at certain Mm -hmm. points in this issue um which is you know a testament to the great storytelling of mr king yeah for sure for sure but enough about my (laughs) sentimental review (laughs) (laughs) i was actually going down the same path and um for me, what really hit me was Lagoon Boy. Yes. Because, so, Lagoon Boy is in here trying to rehab, and his method of rehab is to have the same event play out over and over and over again. Somehow so, thinking it's going to be different at exactly. some point. Like, it, and it's, it is very close to the definition of insanity, mm-hmm. where you're expecting a different result. Right, except he knows that it's not going to be different. Exactly, and he's waiting for that to someday happen. So he's constantly being shot by this laser, and he's saying, "This is what it feels like all the time." And he's and he's sitting there and he's hoping that one day it will come to this thing where he identifies himself as real and the laser as not, and that the laser will no longer inflict pain on him. Mm-hmm. Right, but. The idea here I feel like is if something no longer if something no longer inflicts pain on you, if you no longer fear it and you no longer feel the pain, are you truly alive? Mm-hmm. And I think ultimately that's that's kind of the barrier he broke through at the end. Yeah. Is that what he finally realized that in order for him to not feel it anymore, he is no longer attached to this life. Yeah. Right? And that's why he laughed at the end and saying he gets it now. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's how I'm interpreting sort of that scenario with Lagoon Boy. And I think in life that that really is what it is that your your fear of pain and your general reactions of fear towards something that could be painful to you is what keeps you alive. And if you don't have that edge to to keep you on your toes, then really your life is as fragile as what is happening to Lagoon Boy. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So for me, that that was a really big sticking point in this issue, and I didn't think I would get that out of Lagoon Boy when I first started reading the series. Mm-hmm. You know, and something like this could be happening to any hero, and it doesn't, and it could be happening to villains as well. And and right? I think that's the um, that was the I think that's the point of the montage of heroes mm-hmm. within these issues is that. Um, is that no matter who you are, uh, people go through these things. And the idea is that it's okay to feel the way that you feel. And I think that's I think that's the point that this issue is trying to bring across to the readers is that it's okay for you to feel the things that you feel. Mm-hmm. Right, like for example, the we'll we'll use Lagoon Boy again as an example. Right, it's okay for you to, it's okay for you to feel that way about certain things in your life, as long as at some point you come to terms with it, which is what Lagoon Boy did. Yeah, right. Um, and Wally did too. Mm-hmm. Right, Wally did too. At some point in this issue, he said himself, "He's like, I just." don't want to be alone mm-hmm. right um i think the only person of interest that doesn't really come to terms with it is booster, uh, booster gold? gold yeah but that's also because it was his first day yeah <laughs> right first so day for his first gold. day and everyone dies <laughs> um and that's and that's so sad <laughs> like it's Right. Because of the way that expression, his expression was drawn at the end, it was just so lifeless. Yeah. yeah, like he was just like, "How? Why is this happening?" Like he's finally, and I think he actually came to a realization at that point too, is that he knows what he needs to face, and he knows mm-hmm. what he despises, which is himself. Yeah, which is why he decided to beat himself up in the interrogation room. Mm-hmm. Right? Is that he's he's starting to finally get what he needs to face the yeah. why of why he's there right mm-hmm. and and then all of this happened and he just he just wants an answer because he it's his first day he was so close you know he was so close to getting the help he needed i didn't even know tattooed man was a was a thing tattooed man. <laughs> <laughs> i didn't even know um now here's an interesting theory I sort of want to throw at you here. Okay. Now, we all know that each character is going through some simulation uh, of their... It's like a, a... I wouldn't... It's not a personification. It's a... A version of reality that they want to, that they need to face, a simulation of a reality that they need to face. Yes. Um, what if that's what all of this is? What if every issue so far is just one big simulation of something? Um, is one big simulation of one person? Yeah. This is one person's simulation. It could be. Yeah. It. I I think. 
I, I'm not sure. I I don't know if it would be, um, because because other they've recognized this in other books, right? Hmm. Yeah. So I'm not sure if because then we're now throwing the realities of other books in question too. Because it it still boggles my mind that Harley is the one that did all this. Now I don't think Harley did it. And that's the thing, right? Like she what if she is just a simulation of a reality that someone needs to face? What if this is actually mm, I don't know. Now I'm throwing my own theories into whack. <laughs> <laughs> and that's and that's like I think that's the beauty of this series right now is you don't a lot of things are blurred. Right, and a lot of realities in this book are blurred. Yeah, and I, and it, it's interesting to hypothesize, right? Because I find it so difficult that you can take out all of these guys at once, all of them, especially Wally. Because mm-hmm. he's—I mean, to me, he's the second fastest man alive, next to Barry, but he's still pretty fast. And I find it hard pressed that he can get taken out so easily. Well, that's the thing. He got taken out in his vulnerable moments. He didn't get like if we're judging on like by face value what happened in this issue to be what took him out. Yeah. Then it wasn't speed. Mm-hmm. It was vulnerability. Right. Right. That he was in a state of vulnerability and she came and took him out. And Harley Quinn and took him out with a hammer. Right now, I'm a, I'm of the mind that I don't think Harley did it. I don't only think she did because, it either. Only because in the same King Tom King written book in Batman, mm-hmm. Harley and Poison Ivy have a very special relationship. Right. Right. Um. And in this book, in this issue in particular, at the end you see Poison Ivy on the list. Mm -hmm. We are to assume so far everybody that we've seen in the confessional are either dead or exposed, right? Mm -hmm. So if we're looking at that list of people who are dead, exposed, or about to die, if we look at that list and Poison Ivy is on there, then there's no way Harley goes after her. Right. So I don't think, just just based on decrypting... (laughs) that confessional I don't think Harley did well it. also based on the first issue yeah right um, well first issue she just straight up said she didn't do it yeah but I also believed her in the first issue well, yeah. yeah well that's the thing I, I'm of the mind that this isn't about this isn't a series about lying I know this is a, ser- this is a series about confronting the truth confronting right. your own truth right right and I think that's we're starting to see those layers peel back in a lot of moments in this book where they're facing their own truth and for Wally the big thing was his existence in this timeline doesn't line up it no it far it's far from lining right? up yeah his family is not there mm-hmm. right the kids aren't there and his origin is Barry mm-hmm. y- you know yeah like even and that's the thing like in the timeline his I feel like the kids like aren't there as the superhero psychics but like it was his daughter that was there that he was talking to right uh yes yeah. uh was it 
Jesus J. I think that's his son. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, was it was it J? Oh, was it J in the in the bed? Well, I mean, either way, he he sees his whole family at some point. Oh, even though in the simulation, yeah, he saw the family. Yeah, and then he actually saw the kid in the bed, mm-hmm. and he, he like kissed the kid goodnight. Mm-hmm. And when he was explaining the way he got it, it was like you, your your existence in this timeline is only based on something else. Yeah. It's only based on the existence of something else, mm-hmm. and he he's reaching his own identity issues right and he's feeling the disconnect towards this reality because he knows he only got pulled into this reality and everything's sort of gone away he's having a crisis crisis he is a hero in in crisis crisis. woo (laughs) alright so um, I do I I do want to bring up one more thing Um, and that's this one thing that Booster said Mm-hmm. So Booster is there talking to the chamber, talking to the AI, basically. Yeah, yeah. And he's questioning how this works. And he's trying to get explanations of how this works. Not so much question, I guess he's just asking questions. So he's saying, like, okay, so you know, this chamber becomes whatever. I can do whatever I want. And and that's supposed to help me and stuff like that. And the chamber basically says, Yes, it'll do whatever you want. Whatever comes to mind, it'll do whatever you want, and it will help you. Right? But now how how do you define help, right? And for a lot of these heroes, their definition of help is to confront their fears. Yeah. Right? Because the fear is what sometimes puts their own life at risk. So they want to confront it. They want to overcome it, mm-hmm. right? And in this particular thing too as well, he says, um, if I want to be somewhere, do I just go there? And, and the room is like, yes, you can just go there. But then the room also says, just know that when you go there, remember why you went right he then follows that up with saying i get it now right it's the why the why is the catch and the why is the trap Mm -hmm. and i found that to be really interesting Mm -hmm. because what does he mean by trap why why does he believe that facing your fear is a trap Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. so the room counters by saying no Michael that's the help right so truthfully like it's something that I want to explore and I think it will be obviously it will be explored more in the issue in the later issues Uh, in my opinion I think that the way that uh, that the AI wants to help him that's not his definition of help. And I think that's why he calls it a trap. Okay. Right? Um, like, for him, I think facing that quote-unquote fear or whatever's holding him back, what, the reason, facing the reason why he's at Sanctuary, like, that's a scary thing for him. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why he calls it a trap. Right? Because he knows exactly what the AI wants to do, and he doesn't want any of it. <laughs> right? So, I mean, of course, part of why you're sanctuary is to be okay with that. Yeah. Right? And obviously, this is a process. Like, you, like Lagoon Boy was there for like three months, plus a lot of days. Yeah. According to him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? So, this is a process. So, yeah. I can see why 
I can see why he would feel like that or say that in the beginning, right? It's just like an intervention. Like every intervention you see on A&E always starts off one way. Oh, I thought you guys loved me. (laughs) Why are we doing this? Right? Like it's always a defense mechanism. Yeah. Right? So I feel like it's something similar to that. And if, if things didn't turn out the way they did in Heroes... I think he would have come to understand that at some point. Yeah. But I also think when he says that it's the trap, it it is basically because whether he knew it or not at the time, it is a trap. And it is a trap to it is a trap to ultimately put them in their most vulnerable place and have them be okay with it. Mm-hmm. And I think ultimately at the end of the road for everybody in sanctuary the way that people want to face trauma and the way that people um, want to come to terms with trauma is to face it, right? right. Batman's a prime example of that. Batman right. faced the fear and he faced the bats and he ultimately used the bat as a symbol to now instill fear on others and mm-hmm. instill fear into crime. So the the whole idea is to use that fear and to be okay with it, to conquer it, Right. But fear also gives you life. Yeah. Because fear makes you value life. Mm-hmm. Fear puts you on edge. Mm-hmm. Right? Keeps you sharp. So that's why like earlier I was saying with that theory is that ultimately I think at the end of the road for sanctuary, it is always death. Yeah. Because that ultimately that is the only way you can come to gripes with what you fear mm-hmm. is if you give into it. Mm-hmm. Right, you give into it, and understanding that you've given in, therefore you're okay with it. And when you give into it, that's when you no longer become aware of it, and it right. takes you out. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened to Lagoon Boy, mm-hmm. right? And that's what happened to Lagoon Boy. What was that other? What was that other guy's name? Blue Jay. Uh, uh, yeah, Blue Jay, right? Blue Jay, yeah. Blue Jay was eaten when he was small. Mm-hmm. And he says his fear at the time was that he would drown mm-hmm. in his blanket because he would just shrink yeah. and he would just drown. And that was his fear. Right. And what if he overcame that and he became small and he was okay with it mm-hmm. and he was outside and he was eaten mm. because he knew that that wasn't what's going to conquer him anymore. Right. Right. So I feel like that that's the end game. And, and that's, I think, what the AI and what Sanctuary is interpreting right. as a way to help them. And that's why Booster is saying this is a trap, but mm-hmm. he doesn't realize why. Yeah, He just realizes now that that's like, oh, the reason why, that's it. That's the catch. That's the trap. Right. But he doesn't truly, I don't think he truly understands it because he himself is in the turmoil. Yeah. Right? So. And he wasn't okay with that. That's why he's still alive. That's why he's still alive. And yeah. he wasn't okay with it. Mm-hmm. Right? But then he's confronting himself and then all this thing happened. So like, I think ultimately that's where we're going to end up is that you realize that the AI is understanding it needs to help them and therefore is putting them in that ultimate position to be like, okay, you're okay now. Yeah. And that's why they all end up dying. 
Imagine Ashton Kutcher comes out. You guys have all been. Oh my! <laughs> what happened here? Ashton Kutcher. Oh my goodness! This was supposed guy. to be an episode of Punked. <laughs> this was supposed to be nine episodes of Punked. <laughs> now we're, there's nine issues. Now everyone's dead. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> yeah, it, this this uh, this series, man. This series always has me on edge because it's just so smartly written, and I think. I, at this point, it doesn't even matter to me who did it. Yeah. I just want to know, like, I want to know why. I mm-hmm. want to know what, like, what are they truly seeking for in the sanctuary? And is yeah. this really what's happening in the sanctuary? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Because if it is, it's just flawed AI. Yeah. Right? I, well, it's, it's it, it would end up being the typical story of AI becoming more than just AI. Yeah. Right? But in this case, the AI is just becoming what they want it to be. Right. Right. But in turn, would that make the AI sentient? Right? Like then at that point, you're allowing the AI to learn on its own and then it ends up transforming into something else. Right? Right. Right. Which is, you know, it's it's like, uh, what's that movie with Johnny Depp? And then he, he turns himself, the essence of himself into, into, into data. And then, uh, uh, trans, transcendent? No, it's, uh, transformers. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't remember. I don't think uh, I've watched I it. I remember that movie being really good too. And if, if Heroes in Crisis goes in a similar direction, I would actually be very impressed. It is called Transcendence. Okay. Yeah. That's a, that's a movie I would recommend everybody watch. And if this indeed turns out that way, thanks. Man. Again, I'd be thanks. very impressed. Thanks for the uh, recommendation. Thanks for the uh, stealth offering. <laughs> stealth offering. <laughs> <laughs> Dark said, "We hope you're pleased." Um, so, is there anything you want to add to the uh, to the conversation on? Heroes no, I think uh, I think this has been a really revealing conversation. Actually, I think I learned a lot in this one. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It's nice. good. It's good. Yeah, and. The, I, this is the type of story I love reading. This is the type of stuff I I just love to yeah. get my hands on because it, yeah. it just really makes you think, and it doesn't like it doesn't end after like the twenty minutes half hour that you put into the book. Yeah, it doesn't end till like days later. It just it just keeps going. It just it keeps festers going. Mm-hmm. in your mind, you know, mm-hmm. until the next issue comes out, and then you get even more questions. Yeah, like Gideon Falls. Oh yeah, where you're just constantly thinking about it, constant constant questions. Good old G you Falls, know? you know what I'm saying? Yeah, even Batman. <laughs> like I, I feel like Batman's the same way for me. Like. I absolutely love his run because it makes you think. Oh yeah, Batman is anything, just in a better position. Anything that makes you think week. generally is very good. But like in a good way, not like not make you think and be like, eh, why? Yeah. But like makes you think in like okay, like an enlightening way. Sort yeah. Of. yeah, yeah, yeah. Very enlightening. Okay, so let's wrap up the conversation on Heroes in Crisis number three, and let's go on to book number two, which is a book that came out the prior week. And we said that we were going to cover it this week uh, in conjunction with the end of the Drowner storyline. So the first thing we're going to cover is Aquaman number 42. It's written by Dan Abnett with art by Lam Medina on pencil, Vincente Simpuentes on ink, colors by Gabe Altabe, and letters by Steve Wands. So this book happens, the plot of this book happens the moment that Aquaman was stabbed with a trident uh, by, by Poseidon. Exactly. So this whole thing happens between when he was stabbed 
And when he came out of it and punched Poseidon in the face. So the story here is him trying to navigate himself out of the situation. Trying to navigate himself from being lost at sea, I guess, in a sense. Like mm-hmm. finding ways to, you know, like fi- finding his next direction, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he meets his, as a child, he's with his father. <clears throat> And he's and his father is trying to teach him the ways uh, of of navigating a sea of, of navigating as a metaphor to find himself now, right? To grow up on his own, uh, to detach himself from the family, and be like, you need to find yourself in this situation, and the people around you need you, right? And you need to rely on not your powers, but on your natural ability to to find your way. Mm-hmm. You know, so. It's it's a um, it's an interesting issue. It doesn't do like to me. It doesn't me, add to the main storyline exactly. However, it does reveal, not reveal. I think it adds a bit to Aquaman's character. Yes, it very much adds a character development and a character trait to Aquaman that becomes useful in the finale. But. It doesn't necessarily add anything plot Yeah, I mean, truthfully, you could skip this issue and you would be fine. Yeah. Um, but I think... Uh, I, I really enjoy this issue in terms of... I mean, again, I think it, it follows that same pattern as Heroes in Crisis in which you have a, a hero that's vulnerable... And they're coming to a realization, except he doesn't die. He gets his powers back. Uh, or, well, a different kind of power. Well, because he doesn't, it's not, he's not succumbing to fear. Right. It's him right? realizing that it's hope that he's been striving for exactly. this whole time. Which is, exactly. a, you know, again, it's it's a rebirth injection. Yeah. Right. Like, it's uh, it's uh, basically an issue that goes, hey, remember, this is from rebirth. <laughs> um, and spoilers, hope a pretty major theme across all four books that we read that that we're covering this week. Well, it's been a pretty it's been a pretty major it's a plot major element plot to rebirth in, in rebirth in general. Yeah, it's been yeah. a plot point in every almost every major event that we've covered yeah. so far yeah. since Metal. But specifically this week, all four books talk about hope. Yes. That's right. a that's so, a common theme here. Yeah. So um, we this is uh, Dark Horse Rebirth. Yeah, uh. <laughs> Dark Horse Rebirth. It makes me naming the uh, episode title a little easier too. You know, having something in common. So, anyways, yeah. Aquaman. <laughs> so Aquaman overcomes that, right? Aquaman realizes that he needs hope in order to proceed, in order to to know what to do next, mm-hmm. right? And this is some. This was something that we discussed last week when it when we were kind of talking about how is Aquaman going to approach ultimately the showdown with the the sea gods yeah was it going to be based on based on hope or was it going to be based on fear and death yeah right and this is a pretty clear indication um now we just have to kind of see where he goes with that in the finale issue which we'll talk about next yeah right and that's kind of where this issue sets up yeah um i'm I'm glad that they decided to sort of do this actually because um he could have they could have very easily left it at him getting stabbed 
And then Pisani <laughs> go, no, 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 wait, I was just trying to help him. <laughs> uh, you could have very easily left it at that. Yeah. But uh, they, without they, the explanation, I would have been fine. Yeah. With the explanation, I'm actually pretty glad. Yeah. This. Yeah. So, I, this. This adds a, a good amount of of explanation as to why Poseidon did what he did. Exactly. Yeah. Um, because yeah, I mean, when you think about Aquaman losing his his powers to Black Manta, what what does Aquaman truly become at that point? He's yeah. just another guy, right? So this journey of self rediscovery, I think, um, is is important to what he does in the next issue that we're going to talk about, mm-hmm. right? Because not to go too much into it, but that's what the sea gods originally came for, came to earth for was for hope in the beginning. Yeah. Before Poseidon became a <laughs> a jerk and <laughs> locked them away. <laughs> yeah. Just <laughs> just be like Arion, no. Yeah. Don't trust him. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's like, everyone's like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so again, we, we won't talk too much about it now because that's, that's because the that, next, that will be coming up. That's yeah. our next issue. But, um, it's, it's, it's good that, um, it, they give a little bit of insight as to why he decides to do what he does next. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, it's a, it's a great opportunity for them to explore Aquaman some more. Yeah. Um, and it also gives, it's a it's a chance and a space for putting this type of material where it would have I think if this had taken place in part of the main storyline or in um like let's just say if this was like a separate event book or event title and this were to take place in the event title I'd be like Ugh, I don't know if I wait for that yeah like I don't a- know if that would slow the momentum down too much but the fact that this happens it, as part of the series but as more of a tie-in issue as part of the series, I feel like timing-wise, it, it was pretty well done. Yeah, because, I mean, let's be honest. The Drowned Earth event is is just a side event as a way for the Legion of Doom to get the totality. Yes. That's what it was. Um. Because the event in itself, when you really think about it, if it didn't happen, nothing changes, right? If it didn't happen, yeah. nothing really changes. Like, they would have just found another way for the Legion of Doom to get the totality, right? Um, but in a way, though, this does help set up for... See, I don't want to say too much because it just keeps going into the next <laughs> well, issue that we're going to talk we're about. We're going right? to get into it fairly quickly because I feel like we've kind of covered Aquaman Forty Two as is. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll get into the we'll get into Drown Earth fairly quickly. Well, well let's, what, you know, let's, let's you just want get to into it. Jump now. Let's just get it into it now. Okay, right. Um, okay, so uh, yeah, you know what? It, it'll just make the conversations flow smoother. Yeah. Um, if we jump into this uh, into this book now, and that and Aquaman Forty Two, that's kind of what it is. It, it really just it's there to establish character for Aquaman. And there to establish the idea of hope. Now, mm-hmm. they take that and they take that into the finale, which is Aquaman Justice League Drowned Earth number one. Not so to be confused with uh, <laughs> Justice League Aquaman number one. 
Yeah. Yeah, don't get confused, kids. <laughs> uh, <laughs> make sure you pick up the right issue. Or else it'll feel like this event is happening all over again. <laughs> I'm really enjoying these um, huh? these uh, Jason Momoa-inspired uh, covers? variant covers. Yeah, yeah, really those are really good. well done. Those are really well done. And it's because... He's got that like old school, like scruffy. Yeah, Aquaman they look. even drew Mira here. Yeah, really in, well in the style of the movie. Yeah, which was really good. So, anyways, Aquaman Justice League Drowned Earth number one is written by Scott Snyder with art by Francis Manipal, Howard Porter, and Scott Galuski. Uh, colors by Francis Manipal and Hi-Fi, and letters by Tom Napolitano. So, it, it, it was so obvious that this was driv- uh, drawn by Manipal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's it's like kind of bookended by Manipal, right? And then Howard Porter is coming in the, in the middle. Um, pretty much from where Wonder Woman jumps into the thing and tries to take out the, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, so, okay. So now that we're here at this book, they take, they basically take the idea of hope. And now they're, they're saying, how are they going to overcome the sea gods, right? Were, were they going to... And it's like a common theme that they covered in Justice League so far. Is that were they going to approach it with fear of the unknown? Or would they approach it in hopes of establishing a new connection with what the unknown is? Right? And that's yeah. kind of the common theme that they've had. And I'm, I'm kind of glad they went in that direction. Since metal. Book. Since metal. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm glad they went in that same direction. I'm glad that they gave Aquaman the chance to say like, he is above trying to be either land or sea mm-hmm. like he's above being that he wants to transcend that yeah. and establish connections to oceans all across the universe and all across the mm-hmm. multiverse so in a sense i feel like it's it it's taking that core essence of what this whole series has been about so far mm-hmm. and really projecting it past the source wall that they've now taken down yeah and now they're really establishing their presence beyond that source wall which is cool it's mm-hmm. it's a really it's a really neat way for them to go about it because now this allows for uh bigger opportunities later on yeah uh for storytelling yeah right exactly uh because now we've they've established a connection um beyond the source wall uh, well of worlds beyond the source wall uh, so now they can sort of bring that in with during the um, inevitable battle against the Legion of Doom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've got friends <laughs> from high places. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I feel like uh, also the the conversation that Aquaman has with Mira mirrors that that question as well mm-hmm. right do we give into fear and death or do we look towards uh life and hope yeah right uh it's interesting that they've injected sort of that crisis we are really doing it out here today. <laughs> it's 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 good that they've injected sort of that um, that over that overarching theology, I suppose. Okay, right? all right. 
into something as minute as a conversation between uh, Arthur and Mira. Yeah. Right. Um, I think it really does help establish that overall storytelling at the end. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm actually surprised that they were able to do it so well in, in a tie in issue. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, that's the one thing. Right. So with this, it, it, the, okay, so the way that this issue breaks down, it's kind of this huge roller coaster. But there's like pinches of little messages in between that I think are very important. But all in all, a huge roller coaster, right? Mm-hmm. They get into this thing with the sea gods, and then they have to fight the Death Kraken, and then they got to take out Black Manta, who then kind of betrays the uh, Legion of Doom. Betrays, he betrays and everyone. The sea gods. And he's just like, I'm the man around here. And then (laughs) this moment I got to call out because this is my favorite moment of this entire series. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The uh, sea god uh, Tide. It's Tide, right? Yeah. Yeah. Tide gives Aquaman his powers back. He's like, no, you don't deserve this anymore, Manta. And he gives it to Aquaman. And Manta's like, whatever. What does it matter now? Like, whatever, you get your powers back. You just talk to fish. What can you possibly do? And then Aquaman's like, right, but when everyone on Earth is a fish? Yeah, when all the heroes on Earth <laughs> are fish, that, that that helps a lot. Yeah, that was actually my favorite moment yeah. in this issue, And then too. everybody came. Because, because that was the like, moment when Black Panther oh. was like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I screwed up. Uh, Lex, Lex, hey, uh, teleporter still open? He's Hello? Like, nope. <laughs> it it's so funny how um how a, a villain can can turn heel so fast. Oh yeah. It's so hilarious. Um Ultimate heel turn. And against I, his I, own people. I'm glad that um <laughs> I'm glad that they they uh sort of um wrote uh Black Manta to be that way. Yeah. Because it adds a bit of um comedic relief in a, in a way that uh, I feel yeah. like is yeah 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 because I always welcome comedic relief like that right when the heroes are about to win yeah <laughs> I, I, I quite enjoy that uh, that that is my favorite kind of comedic relief <laughs> especially the way he says it yeah He's like, uh, Lex I'm ready now yeah hey, I'm ready now take me Sorry, we're uh, uh, cutting out. <laughs> we're, uh, we're going through a tunnel. Hello, but and, uh, but the thing is, like, how could you after realizing that you couldn't control the Death Kraken? Yeah. At, at which point did you feel like you could still win? Exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah. like you're like, are you so disillusioned that <laughs> that you think you could win despite a thing called Death Kraken? not being it's beyond your reach like yeah. beyond your control it's crazy but yeah the, the way they wrote manta in the series has been has been pretty fun because it it does play into manta's personality as well he's mm-hmm. he's very confident that way he's overconfident sometimes in his own abilities mm-hmm. right and and i think the characterization in this series so far has been really well done um albeit some of the characters are taking taking quite a bit of a backseat to to the main story because it, ultimately it is an Aquaman focused story and it's a chance for him to shine, right? Yeah. So a lot of characters do take a bit of a backseat, but all all in all, I I like that they 
they've given Aquaman the spotlight, they've given Wonder Woman the spotlight, and with Flash running around as a like a half fish was kind of hilarious as well. Yeah, and, and you couldn't understand half the time what he was saying because <laughs> then he just he went over to his fish talk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He just straight fish talked, and one of the coolest parts about these new uh, these new looks is like pirate Superman with an eye patch. And the jacket? Yeah. Yeah, sweet. Just straight eye patch and jacket. He's like a space pirate. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this is a really cool looking Superman. I wonder if actually. that look, if he's going to keep that look. That would be cool. I mean, I doubt it because that's not the point of, <laughs> that wasn't the point of this issue was to yeah. establish a look change, but uh, no, but I really, it does I look really it cool. It was just straight up Scott Snyder having fun. And just be like, yeah, let's just do that. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. But uh, obvi- I, I, he's obviously not going to keep this look. But, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I do. I do admire it. Um, so remember last week we had talked about one of the possibilities is for Aquaman to understand that in order to make the ultimate sacrifice, because we kind of read that in the um, in the synopsis for this yeah, issue. Yeah. It, we had thought that in order for him to make the ultimate sacrifice, he has to end Atlantis. Mm-hmm. So it has that. It actually came true in this issue. He took out Atlantis, and not in the most, not in like a total destruction way. Yeah, not in like a Thor Ragnarok kind of way. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good reference. Actually, yeah. Thor Ragnarok is just like. They're on the ship and they just watch Ragnarok just go to, go straight to yeah and he's just like okay see you <laughs> <laughs> it's just watch this as Asgard yeah. just goes down but not in that sense not 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 quite the same way but they had to take out the towers that were meant as a beacon to communicate with the other world right mm-hmm. so um, in a sense they understood that once they took that out that was sort of like the lifeline of Atlantis for them. Yeah. Right. So they did take out Atlantis, which I think is really interesting because he is now, like we were saying earlier, he has really transcended past trying to be either of Atlantis or of earth or of, you know, land. Yeah. Like he's really just reaching beyond that. So, cause now he's, cause now he's realized who he truly is, which mm-hmm. is, he's a seafarer. That's what he is. He, he he's exactly what his father was, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and his if if his father had the same abilities and powers that that he has, he would have been the same way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I, I think it's good that um, that they established that. And um, another thing too, a little bit sort of off, not off topic, but. I really wasn't expecting them to finish the event in this issue. Oh, really? Yeah. I wasn't expecting it. No, no. It, this is the end cap to the event, so I expected it to finish. I, I thought they would finish it in the, in the next Justice League issue. Oh, oh no, no, no. It was, uh, no, no, it was part of the it was part of the end cap. This was the end cap. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe that just was, was me not paying attention too much uh, in that moment. But uh, now I'm glad because now they can start fresh with the... With the next next uh, Justice League issue, next next arc, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. But however, this does actually have me excited for Aquaman forty three. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a new creative team. Yeah, yeah. So I'm actually excited because now I want to know like what. So spoiler warning again. Um, <laughs> Aquaman 
he doesn't die, but he. Oh, let's let's talk about that real quick. Yeah. In a very Independent Day moment. Yeah, Independence Day. Yeah. Independence Day moment. Oh, yeah, Independence. Independence Day. Yeah, every <laughs> day is Independent, Jerry. <laughs> All right, geez, just, gosh. In an Independence Day moment, <laughs> he navigated a ship directly into the Death Kraken. And who knows what happened to him after that. So it turns out he, uh, they made a monument of him, but Wonder Woman still feels his presence out there. So we see him at the very end washed ashore. Well, no, nobody feels his presence. The, the, didn't Wonder Woman feel his presence? She, I, because Wonder Woman no, didn't feel him leave. That's that's the thing. She didn't feel him leave, but she doesn't. She didn't feel him still around. She just oh, didn't feel okay, him leave. Okay, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In that moment, because in that moment, everyone was connected by life. And mm-hmm. she was saying that if we were all connected by life, we would have felt him leave. Yeah. But he's still around. So. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. So, yeah. So he's completely, he's washed ashore somewhere that is seemingly somewhere that nobody knows. Mm-hmm. Um, so that basically starts up the next Aquaman arc and the next Aquaman um, creative team. They basically start fresh with the story, with the end of the story and set him up in this new uncharted place which is pretty exciting yeah so you know we'll have to see what happens with that but it, yeah as you're saying like it's 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 a pretty interesting development yeah like this was a real um a real good moment to send aquaman into a new arc basically they literally sent him into a new <laughs> arc and um i i'm excited to see now what this new creative team can do with that Mm-hmm. Uh, because this is like this is an exciting time for Aquaman, and I just hope that um, they really take advantage of that and give the readers a good story based on that. Right? Um, could be a new, could be like a new sort of universe. Could be a new. Could be yeah. Could be a new. Uh, it could be a new a lot of things. Right? Yeah. Um. Again, I just hope they take advantage of that and uh, deliver a good story uh, based on the ending of this uh, particular issue. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Let's see how Aquaman can avert this crisis. Well, he's he's already averted it. It's of him being stuck somewhere else. Yeah, well, That's okay. That's a new crisis. Okay. There's crisis all around. <laughs> There's lots of crisis all around. Speaking of crisis... Let's uh, go ahead and talk about book number four. Stranger Things. Stranger Things number three. <laughs> you know what? This was actually I enjoyed a better it. read than yes. the last two issues yes. for sure. Absolutely. It, it did what I hoped it did. What mm-hmm. I was hoping it would do, which was to take some risks. Yeah. Um, and... It, it's not so much taking risk in a way it took the story into a completely unknown territory but it took some risk in the in the sense that it it now gave him a clearer connection into some very slight disconnects that were happening in the show mm-hmm. um we now know when the demogorgon was going after um Demo- demogorgon 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 Dem- demogorgon they literally say it in the show. It's a Demogorgon. Listen, it doesn't matter if they say it in the show that way. What do you mean it doesn't matter if they say Listen, it in the show this way? Is it a symbiote? 
No, it's a symbiote. Right. But they said it as a symbiote in the movie. Right. But that's because... Okay. Here's the difference with that. Here's the difference with that. The way you say Demogorgon is is established in a new world. They establish it within a world that's new. Right. So you have to say it that way because that's the way they established it. The way you say symbiote has been established over the last probably 30 to 40 years. Listen. Of Spider-Man comics. And all, movies. And then yes. all of a sudden they just change it in this new movie. That's not how it works. All I know is that symbiote's a thing now. No, it's not. I've, symbiote is a thing. It's not a thing. It is a it is a major motion picture from Sony viewed by millions worldwide. It's not a thing. It is a symbiote. It's not. I will reach over this table. <laughs> I swear. <laughs> Demogorgon, please. <laughs> okay. So the alien guy. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> the alien creature. <laughs> the alien creature, we now know why it was distracted. Because I remember it from the show. I like, remember it as well. I, it, because it was they, this issue that reminded because me. Because they focus in the, in, the, in the series on Netflix, they focused in in that moment on Nancy and, and Jonathan. Yeah. Right? Uh. And then, yeah, I remember that moment. He they, he sort of just fluttered away. Just like, the Demogorgon was just like gone. Yeah. Now they give us a reason as to why. Yeah. So I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Right? I, they, they're and giving us new information that matters. Exactly. And that's what I meant by risks when I was saying it last week is that he they, they, they're taking risks in the story that we didn't see. Mm-hmm. We now see that Will had a chance to get out. He yeah. had a chance in front of him the whole time. Mm-hmm. And he chose to not take it by saving Nancy. And that develops something new for me, right? Right. Whereas the first two issues is him just running around, running away from this, you know, alien dog. Mm -hmm. And now we see see exactly why he was stuck there for so long. It's because he had the opportunity in front of him. He chose to be a hero. Yeah. Yeah. Which was really, uh, which was a powerful moment for him. Yeah, absolutely. Um. The next issue, I believe, is the is the last one in the four issue run. Was it four or five? It's a four issue run. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, so I'm now I'm excited to see how he gets out. Right. Yeah. Uh, or the the, the, the specific know. processes of of how of how he does it. Well, we know how he got out at the end. Yeah. Right. We, we know. Yeah. I think it's going to end with how he ends up back sort of defeated at the hut yeah I think that's because that's the first time we kind of see him in the show Mm -hmm. right was that they went and and she saw him in the in the hut Eleven saw him in the hut right Mm -hmm. I think that was the first time we saw him yeah yeah so I think I think I think Eleven has a prominent role in the next issue I think so because she's on quite a few of those variant covers yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah pretty much um but yeah like I think overall in this issue it um Again, it very much demonstrated the idea of hope, mm-hmm. right? And hope is really what gets him going mm-hmm. um, throughout this issue. And for for a good first, I would say like two thirds of the book, I was like, oh, here we go again. Yeah, him running away from the Demogorgon, him doing all that stuff, and and him just you know, just like pep talking himself, right? Into into do, doing this thing. Yeah, he even goes. Here's a thing in the graveyard and immediately makes a turnaround and be like, okay, cool, I'm ready. And he comes back. Mm-hmm. 
And I was like, okay, like, where is this story going? And now we see that development and we're like, okay. Yeah. They gave him depth, Mm -hmm. which is exactly what we wanted to see in this series. Now, as much as we've ragged on (laughs) this particular run, I realize now, based on that one moment when he threw the rock to, or the rocks to distract the Demogorgon. It must be really difficult to come up with good material based on limited information. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because they must have had to sit there and watch the first season <laughs> over and over and over again just to pick out specific moments in which they can inject their own uh, creative... Like storytelling exactly, based yeah. within a really f- uh, f- finite, closed uh, uh, story. Yeah. Right? Because it's not like Star because Wars or anything Because point A and like B that. has already been established. Yeah. Right? And the, I think the even more difficult part with what they have to do is that they have to constantly check in with the show. Yeah. Right? So... It's not like they can just take him on this completely different tangent and mm-hmm. then ultimately end up at the hut. Yeah. There were multiple parts within the show where we check in with Will with, on the other side. Exactly. Right? With the lights and all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. So they're now also, in a, in a sense, planted in, in the fact that they take him onto this thing and they got to reel him right back. Yeah. And put him in that moment. Yeah. And then put him out again and then reel him right back. Mm-hmm. Right? Because they were probably, yeah, like you said, like they probably watched the show <laughs> and then they were just like, okay, we see Will in the upside down here, 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 and here. Mm-hmm. We have the scene set out. We can inject our story here, 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 and here. Exactly. So it, it, it's... It is difficult. It's difficult. It and, difficult and, and I realize that now. And you know what? I... I got to give kudos to the creative team yeah, for for, sure. for pulling out what they did, what they've pulled out uh, so far, and and I can only assume that issue four will be better than this issue. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because now they've given him his own purpose, right? Yeah, and it's good in a sense that it's good in a sense that they got here, and that mm-hmm. they're they're now able to tell a story that we didn't know. Yeah. Or we couldn't assume. Mm-hmm. Right. We we couldn't have assumed that he was the one that got Nancy out of there. Yeah. Right. So this gave us something completely brand new to think about. Mm-hmm. I had I, I just I just hope I well, I just I had hoped that this was the previous issue. Yeah. That this would have happened one issue sooner. It, and that that's kind of been the case with a lot of limited series, is that they they just there's just not enough time. Right, and we we talked about that with cold spots as well. Not enough time, but also in this particular run, I almost feel like there was too much time. You think so? In this particular run, yeah. Oh no, because you could you well, could have told this whole thing within two issues. Yeah. Oh no, that no, that's what I that that's what I kind of meant is like there's not like you have to pick between telling everything in a very compressed way or start to add detail but once you add detail you gotta worry about your pacing so now you gotta make sure your pacing all matches okay I see what you're so talking about so now because they're 
set out that tone with their pace, yeah. the first two issues had to unfold the way they unfold. Yeah, I, I see where you're coming right? from now. Yeah. But I do wish they had compressed it just a bit to get that onto the second issue. But they would have felt off. I think this would have been better as a three-issue run as opposed to a four-issue run. Oh, and just like really compress it down? Yeah, really compress it down. And then instead of giving readers uh, those long, drawn-out moments where Will is thinking to himself or Mm -hmm. where his, his thoughts are being narrated. Yeah. I think they could have removed a lot of that by reducing it by an issue and then really giving us a, not it's not super compressed you're only removing an issue right yeah. like it's not super compressed but it's compressed enough where the storytelling and the pacing is it would be more consistent you know what I mean because the difference between issue one and this issue is drastic right if we're if we're talking about pacing which you know it's it's a ramp up time I understand right yeah. uh, but I think they could have done with an issue less but that could have also been not up to them yeah Yeah, you know what i mean so i mean now we're just nitpicking certain things that we don't even know if they had had control over (laughs) exactly yeah yeah yeah. but you know what it's it's fun to speculate i guess and um yeah like i don't know i just think that if they had announced this as a longer run Mm -hmm. then my expectation would be would be that they take longer to set up right right so that's that was the same case with cold spots that we were talking about too, right? Mm-hmm. Is that I felt like they took an issue too long to get there. Yeah. But now that they're there, it's it's a, really good. It's a heck of a ride. It's great. Yeah. But it was an issue too long. And for me, like, if I weren't covering it on the show, I think that if I weren't sitting here trying to cover it, I think I would have dropped it and waited for the trade. Yeah, it's right. It's one of those things, right? Exactly. Like cold spots Five. is like that. Uh, a lot of Bendis' stuff is like that. <laughs> yeah. Um. I I I don't know if I would have even picked it up as a TPB based on the first issue, though. To be honest. Yeah, because right? then you wouldn't even have really cared where it went. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But and because us, we're taught, we're like talking about it. Yeah, we're you know, we're on the show. We're so. forced to read it until it's good. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I, I don't want. Like, I don't want to say force it like in it, but it, really, yeah, it kind yeah. of is that way. Yeah, but it's like it's us sort of putting our trust in the creative team as well to like try to like turn that ship around. Yeah, and they have, mm-hmm. which is great. Yeah, you know. And same thing has happened here in Stranger Things, where it's like we had thought that the first two issues were going to give us way more than enough for what we needed to know about the series and all that it's like okay it's kind of a rehash on the on the show but like this is now injecting something something that's not completely crazy mm-hmm. but something that was unexpected and yeah. something that was filling in spots for us yeah and because truthfully it, I have forgotten that the Demogorgon had turned around yeah I forgot about that too yeah until I read that yeah and um yeah, so, so again, like it's it's cra- like you said, it's crazy that they have to inject it within specific moments, but it whatever they've injected also has to make sense with the second season too. Exactly. So, oh man, I don't tough know. job, tough job, and tough job. and I think I, again, as much as we've <laughs> ragged on them, this it actually turned out well. Yeah, yeah, for and, sure. And uh, I believe that the fourth issue will be better and it will it will end this run in a in a really good way i think so i think so i'm pretty excited 
finally <laughs> for, this, <laughs> for this series because I, I would say after the first two issues, I was like, okay, I, I don't know where it's going to go. But I'm excited now. I'm excited for the series. It's it's, it's always the... Uh, that's a bad feeling to me when you, when you don't know where the run is going. Um, and it's happened to us a few times already, mm-hmm. right? And uh, as content creators, it's always tough to create a conversation based on that yes right like how many times have we just discussed about issue one and issue two and we're just like oh well we'll see how it goes <laughs> right like that's yeah. not good content exactly and that's yeah. why it always bothers me when runs end up like that because it affects us in a way yes right um but you also we also have to understand it from the creator's point of view as well because yeah. it's not like they want to write a bad story exactly right yeah. so we you have we have to give credit and especially here they're just so tied down yeah to to stranger things canon yeah that they they have to deal with, they have to work with what they can yeah right so and we so in that sense we have to give credit where credit is due and absolutely. I, I think they did a good job this time absolutely all right so I think that pretty much wraps up our conversations on the books. So what we're going to do now is let's go ahead and talk about the coffee that we've been having. What do you think of the flavor this time around? It's really smooth, it's, huh? It's smooth. Um, there's definitely a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe a little too much, if you ask me. Like, the like, it's hard to pinpoint there's specific things. a real things. mix. Yeah. Yeah. Either there's too much going on or the flavor profile is so well balanced that you're not really getting too much of one thing. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, is good. But uh makes it difficult to pinpoint certain specific flavors. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um I wanna say Yeah. I I okay. When I was having it, I was having sort of like this like dried apricot okay type flavor yes dried apricot flavor because it's it's like apricot but like slightly sweeter mm-hmm. so I felt like the sweetness comes from like you know dried fruits right because they add some more sugar to it or whatever so I I, I feel like there's a bit of that <laughs> this, and someone's I, gotta drink this coffee <laughs> Yeah, you're right. It most certainly will be me. (laughs) (laughs) So I feel like it's it. There's a bit of that, and I feel like there's maybe a little bit of like grapes. I felt a little a little Christmas in there with the grapes, Mm -hmm. but it's hard to pinpoint. Um, What about you? No, I definitely taste. um, I taste like the grape skin, actually. Okay. Um, It's a bit more of a uh, like a fibery taste to it. Uh, so like, so I would still categorize that as grape. Okay. Um, the apricot I can see, like a dried fruit apricot. Yeah, I can see that. There is a bit of that that cocoa essence to it, though. Okay. But I wouldn't quite call it chocolate. No. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. I I wouldn't call it chocolate. <clears throat> like a real like light cocoa flavor is probably what I would give it again we can't confirm this because it's a mystery coffee so <laughs> yep. we, we weren't given the notes for this wait are there notes on there well let's find out I usually just cover them up so oh 
Are there notes? Yes. Oh, there and are notes. And we were not that far off. Oh, for real? Dried fruit. Okay. Chocolate and walnuts. Okay. Walnuts, huh? Like I can I can get the sense of that earthy flavor of the of the walnuts. Okay. Okay, yeah. I think I see yeah. what you mean. But, we were, but to we were, me, Walmart of uh, the no, Walmart. Walmart. <laughs> 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 oh man. Just that Walmart flavor, that man. Walmart flavoring. <laughs> no, okay, walnuts. To me, walnut has a bit more um it's has a nuttier feel it's a, to it. It's a meatier feel. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. what it's more savory. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I'm not sure if I'm getting that here. It's like a light walnut if I, I, like yeah, very really light, light nut. Yeah. If I were to guess a nut, it wouldn't have been walnut to, from the start. Damn, this is our best guesses yet, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny that it's coming from a mystery coffee. We don't even know what it is. <laughs> yet we're getting the flavor profiles pretty pretty off. That's board. what it has to be. That's what it has to be from now on. It's just we need to treat every coffee as a mystery coffee from some random yeah. region that we have no idea where it's from. Now, speaking of region, where do you think this coffee is from? I'm going to say... Well, okay. I'm going to say Colombia. I'm going to say that too. Because you said Colombia to me earlier. And now I'm, I feel, I'm straight just piggybacking I feel, on I your I feel idea. like that's just that's what it is though. Like... The I had no idea. Like the flavor, the flavor profile is just, and the and the fragrance, yeah, really gives off that um, that Colombian, that Colombian coffee bean experience. Okay, like I feel like, like I feel like this is very similar to uh, Las Brisas that we did last week. Oh, Las Brisas. Las Brisas, yeah. Okay. And, um, but it's also not like, it's also very different from like the Ethiopian coffees that we've had in the past. Yes. Right. Or Indonesian. Yeah. Okay. I see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to say Colombian on this one. Yeah. And I'm going to agree with you. Okay. Uh, but, on all the things you've said. <laughs> <laughs> but overall, like this, this coffee is really good. Yeah. Like I, like the flavors are well balanced. Um, it goes down smooth. We wish we could tell you what it is so that you can go buy yeah, it. Yeah, but we'll, we'll but it's we, a mystery coffee. We will find out eventually. Or just go to like go to Elysian's website and then just <laughs> buy them all. Or just call them and be like, "Hey, uh wh- which one was the uh, mystery coffee you sent to the roasters pack?" And uh you know, what <laughs> Just go from there. <laughs> just go from there. Go from there. And they'll probably be like, oh, no, we just buy them all. And then, you know. But overall, <laughs> once we find out what this coffee is, uh, we, would definitely, we will recommend it. <laughs> if, we, okay, if we ever come to a point where we find out what it is, we'll come back to the show notes on this episode uh, and uh, we'll add it into the show notes. Yes. For now, it's just going to say mystery coffee. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So... Let's go ahead and wrap up this uh, this segment and let's uh, hop on the cosmic treadmill. Let's go to the future and see what's let's see what's happening. Let's go. Meow. And we're here. Meow. Oh, okay. Oh, t- sorry. I was okay. Sorry. Three, two, one. Meow. Meow. <laughs> <laughs> We're here, Flash Victor. We're here in the future <laughs> off the Cosmic Treadmill. And we're here to talk about some books that will be coming out next week. 
that we will be covering on the show. So that's what this segment is all about. However, we do want to preface it by saying that recently we've been thinking about making some changes to the show, and which is why we introduced Cosmic, um, Cosmic Treadmill in the first place. But we've noticed that over the last few weeks that doing this segment, and especially because every month we do like a previous catalog segment as well as a bonus episode, yeah. we've noticed that doing a segment like this kind of, it kind of overlaps a bit. And, well, the, you know. Also the way that we... The way discuss we discuss about them. previews is very similar to the way that we discuss about the books in the comic segment. Yeah. So I think we want to try and eliminate as much redundancies as possible. Yeah. And we want to diversify. And we want to make it, you know, in an enjoyable listening experience from start to finish. Yeah, for right? sure. So for sure. We'll, we'll be experimenting and hopefully not only do we find something that listeners will enjoy but that we're comfortable doing in the long term i think that's that's the goal i think here. so yeah right we gotta find that sweet middle ground we do um we did really enjoy the idea of the the previous segment of offerings, uh, to, offerings dark, to dark side, to dark side yeah. and we enjoyed the idea that it was something that we can discuss on the show that is not comics related because it also gave us the opportunity to to share some of the things that that we enjoy that doesn't necessarily have to be comics related like it could be anything else mm-hmm. right and mm-hmm. it gave us a way to connect with you guys as well yeah. um so i think it'll be something in a similar vein but not necessarily an offering yeah um because that to be honest with the listeners that was a difficult segment for us to do week to week because you know as regular people once time went like once time kept going and it was just like at one point we're just like man i wish i were more interesting so i can share better interesting <laughs> well not things. that not that we're not interesting people <laughs> not to you know not to downgrade ourselves here but you know it, it's as as regular people it's not like we go out and experience something crazy and new every yeah. week for the most right? part we're, we're gonna work we're, we're working yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um but i we we did like the fact that we were injecting ourselves as people into the podcast our personality so that you got a sense of who you were listening to exactly and we we want to keep that so we'll we'll be experimenting uh something in between offerings and previews that will give you obviously still what we're what we're reading the next week yeah but it'll but, probably be a more brief uh yeah sort of like a previews thing where we're just kind of rifle through the books that we'll be covering just at least you still have a heads up of what to pick up right and then we'll probably throw in a quick comment and that's it we do want to keep it kind of brief and to the point so that we can still have time especially now that you you probably noticed by now our main comic segment has gotten longer and longer because there are just so many good books out all the time. Yeah, you so should have uh, you books. should have seen our struggle just now trying to <laughs> figure out what to read. Because next week was going to be eight <clears throat> books. There were going to be eight books on the list, and we had to juggle the schedule around a little bit so that we moved some of the books of the week after. 
and it still kind of wasn't enough. So yeah, we'll I mean, see. <laughs> I mean, don't get it twisted. We're still somehow we we're, we're gonna still cover covering most of them. Most of them. Yeah, but it, it's just it's now, like it's seven it's, out of eight. I think we're we're probably gonna. I think so. Still. I think so. Yeah. But um, but yeah, we're <laughs> we're gonna be juggling things quite a bit. Yeah. So you know, we just wanted to to let you know ahead of time that you know there are going to be some subtle differences. Uh, the cosmic treadmill is not absolutely stable just yet. Uh, you know, as, it's, this, as it is in the Flash this universe. Is the, uh, this is the uh, Batman versus Superman. This is the, the moment in that where Flash reaches out as like... They, they confirmed that he was like, on the cosmic treadmill. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They confirmed it. Yeah, they confirmed yeah. it. So it's basically that, exactly that. Yeah. So we just need some lightning sounds in the so back and we just need to start yelling. This is the Ezra Miller version of the, of the cosmic <laughs> treadmill. Uh, now, I, so now that you have the gist of sort of what's going on, Without further ado, Jerry, please tell us <laughs> what we'll be reading next week. All right. So first book we'll be covering next week is Blackbird number three. Oh, I'm so excited about this book. Here man. we go. Uh, okay. Quick synopsis. Nina thought magic was just cool spells and hot guys, but magic turned out to be so much more. Don't miss this issue's heartbreaking cliffhanger. Heartbreaking cliffhanger? Heartbreaking? <laughs> Holy. <sighs> I didn't realize we were going in this direction. Okay, just so you know, we didn't read these synopsis ahead of time because we want to read them on air. Yeah. To to get a. I wonder how. Oh my god. At this point, like, what's what could be heartbreaking at this point in the in the issue, like issue three? Something happens to the sister. Oh. Well, I don't want that to happen. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> be, that would be uh, dare I say heartbreaking. My goodness. <laughs> my god. Okay. <laughs> Let's hope it doesn't come down to that. Yeah. But I'm very excited. Very excited about the book. Of course, of course. Uh, the, the second book we're going to talk about next week, Batman number 60. Now, synopsis real quick. Batman takes on a new partner, and it's the Penguin. After rejecting Bane's crime boss co-op, Cobblepot finds himself in the crosshairs of some very teed-off villains. The feather felon turns to his old foe to snitch on Bane's scheme, but has to prove his intentions to avoid a bat beatdown. These these, these penguin puns, puns are very good. <laughs> Along the way, this Gotham odd couple begins to bond. Could there be a new bird joining the bat family? Not if Bane has anything to say about it. I mean, obviously this partnership is not going to be long term. He's not all of a sudden going to be... Batman and Penguin. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm. I wouldn't mind seeing them together for like ten issues or so. Nah, I wouldn't go ten issues. I go like a three story. Wouldn't three that be, issue? Wouldn't that be cool thing. though? Like instead of Robin, it's Penguin. Not Penguin. Batman and Penguin. <laughs> I wouldn't want to see. To me, the 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 most interesting in the role gallery that he could team up with is not Penguin. Who would you say it would be? I would love for him to team up with uh, the Riddler. Hmm, that would be cool. To just have them try to one up each other. That would be real cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I never thought about it that way. Yeah. So for for me, Edward Enigma has always been this huge Enigma. My goodness, <laughs> can you just stop this? <laughs> All right, let's go on the next book. Let's go. But yeah, no, I'm excited for this. I'm. Ex- we'll see what happens. It, what if he it teams up with fun. Bane and he just goes around, and just starts breaking people's backs with Bane? <laughs> just <laughs> you get him. I got this guy. <laughs> it's just that that'd be that'd be terrifying. No, it would be. That'd be terrifying. <laughs> okay, so the next book we're gonna cover after that is Justice League number thirteen. Very quickly, right off the heels of. Aquaman Justice League Drowned Earth. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but this is actually one of the uh, Legion of Doom stories. Um, it's uh, written by James Tynion, so it's it's a you know, one of those like uh, tie-in type of things. Yeah. Um, so it's on. The totality will totally total the multiverse. Whoever wrote this, my goodness. <laughs> What could possibly go wrong when the Legion of Doom gets their hands on it? Plus, what is the connection between Justice League and the new Batman Who Laughs miniseries from Scott Snyder and Jock? Oh. Well, that sort of changes things quite a bit. Right, because they have him. Yeah. Right? They have him captured. His issue is actually coming out soon, Soon, too. Soon, a couple weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I almost forgot that they had him. Yeah. Huh, that'll be interesting. That would be interesting. Hmm. Him and uh, him and the Batman who laughs team up, start breaking people's backs. <laughs> <laughs> just everybody, bat, just just broken backs. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's all that is. <laughs> Batman, um, Batman just like I should start doing this from the get go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's. Like, uh, I hope that they focus more on the Batman who laughs rather I really don't care about the Legion of Doom I really don't well I, I hope they focus on a connection there but ultimately it is the Legion of Doom I know, story but so. I just don't care yeah about them at all like I know that they that they're there as a plot device to add more interest to the totality and in the larger scheme of things the source wall right they want to make the source wall like an actual thing um, but I really just I, don't I just ca- can't I don't, get myself excited. Behind, I don't care about these guys. I really don't. Grodd, Manta, and Cheetah. And well, Manta's out, so now it's just Cheetah, Joker, Grodd, Grodd, and Luther. and Lex. That's it. Yeah, yeah. And like half of those, I don't care. Yeah, I really don't care about them. Yeah, even to a certain extent, I love the Joker as a villain. Yeah, but as a villain on its own. Yeah, him yeah. in the Legion of Doom. He he has a very down played role yeah within this event yeah so i don't know but we'll, we'll see well we we hope that it focuses more i guess on the Batman who laughs because then it, it creates a new dynamic but at the same time his own solo series is coming out so it'd be weird that if they focus too much on it because they can yeah. just put that in the solo series yeah right so all right so the book that we're gonna cover after that is venom number nine yes. ryan stegman is back on the art Yes. The smash hit of the summer continues with Venom No More? Enough said. No, not enough, because now I... <laughs> not enough said. <laughs> what, what do you mean by that? <laughs> well, I, I think they're they're obviously going to continue the Carnage storyline. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a feeling that uh, Cletus is probably going to go after Eddie first. Like right from the get go. Right from huh? the get go, is probably gonna go for Eddie first. Okay. And I th- and that's probably what they mean by Venom no more. Okay, makes sense. Um, but yeah, that's. I mean, that's just my guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. It could be one of those just uh, Venom's Eddie symbiote just goes completely offline. Yeah. Maybe out of fear. I don't know. But he's already offline. That's the whole thing. Well, that's true. Right. That's true. So, um. My guess is that they go after they, him they go after him first. All right, and then it'll probably be end up being him trying to get the symbiote back. <laughs> <laughs> but again, that's just my guess. So yeah, all right. Let's see how that happens. Let's see how that plays out. Last book 
we're going to cover for next week. Five book week. It's a five book week, folks. Uh, Shazam number one. Mr. Jeff Johns. Mr. Jeff Johns taking on Shazam again. And I'm so excited. Because when he first did the Shazam backup stories yeah. in, uh, in in his Justice League run, mm-hmm. I thought that was like some of the best Shazam stuff yeah. I've seen. And, and now it's it's an ongoing. It's a new ongoing by Jeff Johns and Dale Eaglesham. And I'm just I'm just so excited. I've never read anything by him that I didn't like. Yeah, true. true, true. So if that's any indication of how good this is going to be, <laughs> it's going to be pretty good. All right, let's uh, let's quickly go through the synopsis here. Uh, but I think it pretty much writes itself, uh, or the excitement writes itself. The superstar team of writer Jeff Johns and artist Dale Eaglesham reunite to launch the first all-new Shazam monthly title set in the DC universe in almost 20 years. What took you guys so long? In parentheses. <laughs> Teenager turned superhero Billy Batson struggles to balance school and superheroics. Guess which one is more fun? But when Shazam unlocks a shocking secret deep within the Rock of Eternity, it challenges everything he knows about the worlds of magic and his family's future as its champions. Also, witness the bizarre team-up of Dr. Savannah and Mr. Mind as they set off to build a society all their own. Don't miss the start of an epic run in the making as Shazam and the Seven Realms begins. Yep. It's going to be good. It's gonna be bonkers. There's uh, nothing else to say. It's gonna be very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> the excitement writes itself, as you said. Yeah, I, I'm very. Uh, yeah, I, I'm very happy this is happening, and uh, we're definitely gonna be covering that for sure. It's gonna bookend uh, our uh, our episode next week. So expect lots to be talked about, but it'll still be like within a reasonable time. Like don't like three like, hours. Don't don't wow. Like, okay. Well, <laughs> yeah, nah, sure. If you don't want people to listen to us, yeah, we'll make it three hours. <laughs> <laughs> just people just tune out before the, the episode even. They're just like, nope, too long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that pretty much covers everything in the cosmic treadmill segment. Uh, so it's one of those pretty heavy weeks. So we're, we're going to try to keep the conversation tight, make sure we still get, you know, some good coverage on the books, you know, some good themes to talk about on the books. But we also don't want to overwhelm with too much content. Um, so, yeah, and that pretty much wraps up this episode as well. So we thank you for tuning in. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of our podcast. Remember, if you like what we do on this podcast, please hit that subscribe button on the podcast service provider of your choice. We can be found on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and now we're also on Stitcher and TuneIn. So remember to leave us a review, give us a rating on those new platforms if you can, and uh, and anytime if you want to hop onto iTunes, give us a review there, give us a rating there, it'll be greatly appreciated. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions about the show, about what we've talked about, or if you got a book that you want us to discuss on the show, just let us know. Email us at contact.darkrosecomics.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at twitter.com slash darkrosecomics for the show. And my brand new handle, twitter.com slash jerthebear52, <laughs> because I realized the other Twitter handle was a little bit difficult to explain on air. And just a little, just, I well, feel like. Well, not difficult to explain. You never explained it. I so. Okay, sometimes <laughs> I explain. I'm like, otterly geeky and otter as in the animal. But it just takes too long. Jer the bear 52 
because you know new 52 <laughs> and twitter.com slash victor j young for my co-host victor self-explanatory self-explanatory it's so simple <laughs> <laughs> you can also find us on instagram and instagram.com slash dark rose comics we also have a facebook page at facebook.com slash dark rose comics and if you want to be a part of our facebook group community you can find us at dark rose comics group and as always take care see ya